Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360, and just like that, the second hour is here. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, David Reed, making the show happen for us. Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny, and the entire crew with Outkick. Draft night, and we focus on the Tennessee Titans this hour for the Tennessee Power Hour. Uh, all the draft props available at fanduelcom slash OK360. Guys, plenty of options for the Titans this evening at pick 22? So many. Uh, I mean, I think that there is a real, uh, look, you put us through an exercise earlier this week. It was really a really smart one by you. And I think we've done a, lot, done a lot of good fun stuff. I'll take a minute to pat us on the back. But you put up, what, eight guys uh, on our screen, and we went through if we thought they'd be available or not available at 22. Will they be there? Yeah. yeah. And we thought six of them or five of them were going to be there. I, I mean, I wrote today in, in, my, in, in my piece, you know, uh, uh, just running through names. It's conceivable that a decent share of Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, Caleb Farley, Greg Newsom, Quiddy Pay, Zayvon Collins, Aziz Ojolari, Tevin Jenkins, that's eight guys. It's conceivable a good share of those guys are available. It's conceivable that the Titans have a, a comparable grade on a good share of those guys. John Robinson's traded up too much. So, um, he need, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a big proponent of trading back because I want you to get blue-chip guys, and you have a better chance of getting blue-chip guys with higher picks. But this roster has been depleted by free agents leaving, by salary cap cuts, by completely bombing on Isaiah Wilson. And you need to fill spots with guys who are going to contribute soon. And you have a better chance of doing that with more picks. If these eight guys I'm talking about or some kind of assembly of guys like that are available at 22 and somebody wants to come up and you could trade down four, five, six picks, still get a choice of a couple of these guys, I, I, I think a trade down's got to be in play and could be in play. Yeah, and trading said, down still puts you in position to draft one or two of these players. Yeah. That said, you know, uh, I think a stick and pick is probably more likely. I do not want to see, though, and he's done this several times, he gets his heart set on somebody and he goes up. You can't go up tonight. You just can't. Uh, I mean, unless something miraculous happens. You know, well, let's, unless okay, let's Devontae get, Smith yeah, is there I threw that scenario 18. out there. If he falls... Um, that that is a player that I think is worth trying to put a package but for. But he's and not up falling to 18, you know. And I think somebody's got to fall to 18 or 17 for you to go get him. I'm not talking about somebody falling to to 14. That's costly as hell to go up to 14, and they got too many spots to fill. We are going on the clock, and just to set this up, we are sticking and picking at 22 for the Tennessee Titans. And, and coming up, we're going to go through a lot of different scenarios. But we're going to give you our selection and why we feel like it is the best fit for the Tennessee Titans with the 22nd pick. And with the 22nd pick, 
I'm selecting Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa, and here's why. 6'3", 260, 265, somewhere in that range. He can play behind the line, also on the edge. When the Bears drafted Erlacher, they started him at Sam linebacker. Several analysts have said that this guy reminds them of Devontae Hightower whenever he entered the league. This is a kid who can do not just a lot of things. He does a lot of things well. And because of his elite athleticism, speed, awareness. Let me tell you what John Robinson is going to do when he's on the clock tonight. Let me see this camera. He's going to grab a big dip, and he's going to put it in his bottom lip, and he's going to grab that empty water bottle and turn that card in for Zayvon Collins and prop up his feet and say, we just got a lot better, and we're getting after the quarterback, which we sucked at last year. We're going to do it with Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, and Zayvon Collins, and we're going to move them all around the field. This defense is known for being creative. At least it used to be a couple of years ago. We're getting back to that with Zayvon Collins, linebacker from Tulsa. That's my pick at 22. The one thing, uh, the, uh, are we discussing these? I think. No, we should, sure. sure. Yeah. The, the one thing. No, no discussion. Yeah. Well, I thought maybe we'd discuss. <laughs> we don't. We don't discuss one. things on this show. The, Just silence. The one thing about a Zayvon Collins pick that I don't think that we've fully considered here either, and about that third edge spot, and I know some people out there will say, you know, well, he's not technically going to be a starter and all of that. Harold Landry is in line to be a free agent in a year. Now, you, I like Harold Landry a lot. He's not fantastic. He's not great. I don't love him. But you want to retain your own, right? We've said for years and years, if you find a good, even a good pass rusher, you've got to develop him. You've got to keep him because guys don't come free. This year was an exception, and they got a guy like Dupree. But there's a possibility that they can't retain Harold Landry in a year, and you've got to have two guys on your roster at least. So, you know, Ideally, with a Zayvon Collins pick, they would have Dupree, Landry, and Zayvon Collins for the long haul. Dupree just signed long term. Zayvon Collins would be under your control ideally for five years, and you would re-sign Landry. God forbid you don't re-sign Landry. You know, if you don't get a, a prime, young, drafted high guy like Zayvon Collins with Zayvon Collins traits you really be in a jam again next year where Bud Dupree is your, your main guy. You're counting on a second, third round edge guy who, who, you know, you really need to grow. And Landry's potentially walking out the door as a free agent. That's another consideration I think you've got to put on a first round edge rusher. Like well, let me also on. throw out too, and, I, and I've, I've, I've pointed that out on this show about Zayvon Collins and Harold Landry when you said, well, you, if he earns a second contract, it'll be here with the Tennessee Titans. But not only does it give you depth of that position, when, we, when you don't pick up Rashawn Evans' option and you need options there when his contract expires, Could be. this is your guy as well. He can do both. He's See, listed as an that. inside linebacker who can rush the passer in a 3-4. Uh, because of that, um, I, I, and, and this is me betting on a couple of other pass rushers being drafted just before him and he's on the clock, I think this is the perfect range for him. I'm not opposed. I like him so much. I'm not opposed to moving up two or three spots to make sure you get him. I love him that much. And he is a playmaker and a difference maker in this defense. They want to talk about being versatile. This is their guy. And he's very good in multiple areas defensively. Just watch him. Just watch him run to the football and tell me that Mike Vrabel and Jim Schwartz 
and, and others defensively can't figure out a way to get to the quarterback with him. I like the player a lot. The versatility thing scares the bleep out of me because these guys talk about it and talk about it. We've heard for three years now that Rashawn Evans uh, can rush the passer from the edge. How many times have no. we seen them put him on the they've edge? They've never said that. Never. They've never, never said oh, that. Oh, they've said it. They've said it. They've never they've said, said they're going to rush can, him from the edge. They, they've never said they're going to rush him from the edge. They've said repeatedly he can rush from the edge. And last year That's where they he had did nobody, last year where they had nobody that could rush from the edge, they didn't put him out there ever to help rush from the edge. Where some tinkering and inventiveness might have actually produced pressure on a crucial third down when they were giving up this 52% guy, Paul, this conversion. is where you're comparing the position and not the player. These guys are different players when you watch them well, play. I know. This guy, this guy played a lot more than Rashawn Evans in college. I'm just saying they've talked versatility about a lot of people and I've never seen them really use it. And so I fear that. I hope that if they draft this guy, he's the one. And They've we also, see them use you, I mean, but they gonna, don't do it. So you're, you're saying you want a guy who's a specific position. Well, first sure and foremost, go, and, and I think he's saying the go same thing. Way. They want him on the edge. They need him on the edge. Put him at the edge. Then if a year from now he's better in, in uh, Rashawn Evans' slot, put him there. But first and foremost, I want a guy in a position. Because when you move him out of that position, then he needs to be replaced in that position. And who's the replacement? I'm saying you use his traits in a rookie year to make a difference defensively. And then figure out with some coaching where you want to refine him and place him within your defense. That's not a bad option to have with the first-round pick. I like the player. I'll get it more into what I'm talking yeah. about with a guy I don't want. There you go. Okay, good. Um, may I pick now? Chad, you're on the clock. Please All right, do. first first off, Hutton, great energy on that pick. Very good. Uh, sold it so well, you got me amped with that pick. And Put I've that never, dip in. I've never done dip before in my life, but you made me want to do a dip. Oh, and in fact, J. Rob knows what I'm talking in about. In fact, I wish you would have brought some dip in as a prop. <laughs> I don't and dip. I, in fact, I have something for you. Okay. No, I don't. I don't have any dip. I've never done it in my life, but seriously, Hutton Sell's job was so good. Very. I legitimately want to put a dip in as I make this pick, which is the pick of what the Tennessee Titans should do. They need pass rush still. We've been saying this since the dawn of time with this team. We've been saying this probably since Kyle Vandenbosch and before that, Javon Kurse. I am taking Aziz Ojolari, edge rusher, Georgia, 22nd overall pick. He's Dane Brugler's top edge rusher in this draft. He's the most polished, refined guy, ready to go day one on the edge in this draft. He's 6'2", 250. He's only 20 coming in very young, led Georgia in sacks the last two years, very productive. He's the only freshman captain under Kirby Smart in his time at Georgia. I know what you're Hmm. thinking. Chad, you hate Georgia because of the Isaiah Wilson situation and because of the bill of goods that Georgia coaches sold on Isaiah Wilson to Titans coaches. I don't see any of that with Ojolari. Isaiah Wilson, not a freshman captain at Georgia. I don't believe he was a captain at any point. Played only two years there, suffered an ACL tear his senior year of high school. He's been injury-free for the most part since. I love this pick. He's a guy you pair with Bud Dupree and what they did there, I think immediately affects the quarterback. Titans have to go defense. If the right receiver's there, I can understand you taking that receiver. But I look at this spot as this is a team that's very good on offense and very bad on defense coming into this season. This is a guy that helps you get better right away on defense and helps you do what every NFL team wants to do 
But the Titans refuse to do. Affect the opposing quarterback. That's what you do with this pick. That's what Aziz Ojolari from Georgia does. That's why he's my 22nd pick. I'm not averse to this pick. But selling the freshman captaincy is a big thing. To me, is a huge error. It makes me question who the hell Georgia had in three classes ahead of him. Must have been awfully weak. Guys like, guys like Isaiah Wilson must have been in there. Guys who couldn't lead themselves to water when they were thirsty. If a freshman was to lead them, that's an indictment of the Georgia program. To me, not a compliment to Oja Larry. I, I, Chad, I really like him. I just don't think he's there. That's why I didn't consider him. I, I, I went through my scenarios, and I think, you know, for the 3-4 pass rush uh, and a, just a, a specific pass rusher, he's off the board by the time the Titans select. Yeah, I think it's really hard this year, and I hate people who mock guys who are gone. I wrote an article about this earlier this year when – well, early mocks, everybody was mocking J.C. Horn to the Titans, and I thought there's no way J.C. Horn's going to be there for the Titans. But I do think it's an incredibly hard year to know who's going to be gone. And you may, I, I, people may slam me for my pick saying he's going to be gone, though uh, we talked about it earlier in the over-unders over where the Titans are, so I think that buys me, uh, buys me freedom. But don't, when you agree, it's just very hard to know. I think your guy could also, you know. Yeah. And when you're, when you're talking about 22, you trade it up your for guy him? could be gone. You're trading up for Aziz Would you try to, trade up for him? Probably not. I'm, I'm, hoping like he's there. I'm hoping he's there at 22. But I'll also say this, and I'm with you, Paul, on the not necessarily trusting Kirby Smart when it comes to the character department of the player. But uh, a freshman captain is a big deal, and he's the only one in his time there. He's but what player. that Georgia program is is one that's produced 22 draft picks in three years, including two first-round offensive linemen a year ago, one of them being Isaiah Wilson, great running backs. They've, they've produced some great defensive players in the last three years and are covering smart. They've got talent, I guess is my point. And it's something that I see John Robinson and Mike Vrabel liking, that this guy came in and immediately had a presence about sure. himself that the coaching staff trusted him to the level of making him a captain. You can't dismiss. Again, I don't have Isaiah Wilson's entire record at Georgia in front of me. I'm going to go on a limb and say he wasn't a captain for Georgia in his time there and that Georgia was probably playing that game that colleges play of overselling a guy and overhyping him and hiding some of the problems he had there because I don't believe that Isaiah Wilson's first brush with problems was when he got to the NFL. Isaiah Wilson is captaining a boat. That's, that's loaded with prostitutes and, yes. and, and, uh, and stacks of $1 bills. Reminds me of the old love boat <laughs> right? uh, deal with the Vikings. Remember that? The old love boat, the cruise? Yeah. Uh, that's what Isaiah Wilson's got. I, I, I think he's a, a fine player and would be a fine addition to this team. And it's not like the Titans can eliminate Georgia from consideration based on their one failure, which is on them. It's not I came on close to doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I saw Georgia and Aziz Ojolari, I almost wanted to come you in and GTFO. say, I'll tell you who the pick is. It's Aziz Ojolari, but it's not the pick because he went to Georgia, just like Look, Isaiah We Wilson. talked about they Eric, go Eric Stokes is over under earlier. I mean, yeah. guys like that, these people all have to be in consideration. It's a case-by-case basis. They had one case that went disastrously wrong, um, you know, you have to be careful, but you can't you can't make broad sweeping uh, declarations about what you're not going to do, and that factors into my pick. I go Zayvon Collins, Chad goes Aziz Ojolari, Paul Kuharski. You are on the clock for the Tennessee Titans at 22. With the 22nd pick for the Titans, I, I'm living a little bit dangerously, and I'm taking Caleb Farley, the the cornerback uh, from Virginia Tech. 
He's 6'2", 197. He had a patience and an athleticism to him at a collegian, as a collegian that uh, just kept drawing me back, drawing me back, drawing me back. Um, and, and I couldn't shake him. I, guys, I wanted to yesterday as I was making my conclusion, get away from him. Um, and it was like when you have a dog grab, Chad will hate this, but when you have a dog grabbing your pant leg, <laughs> you can't get off. I couldn't get off. Look, the back injury, uh, the two surgeries are obviously a big concern. You can't make this pick if you're not feeling really good about um, the medicals. All right, so I'm presuming they're feeling really good about the medicals. I watched his explanation at the Pro Day press conference uh, about uh, his back uh, repairs. Um, obviously, a guy's going to be convincing in discussing something like that, but he was very convincing in discussing uh, something like that. Had swagger and the confidence I love, uh, both on the field and in, uh, in how he discussed uh, things. He said he opted out. Uh, you know, and, and intended then to wow people at his pro day to show the progress that he'd made while he's away. And then the timing of his injury obviously blew up his pro day. Do the Titans have to be particularly careful now because they blew their first round pick last year with, uh, with the aforementioned uh, Isaiah Wilson? Absolutely. But I don't think that John Robinson is going to take off his shoes and, and socks and roll up his pant legs and tiptoe around in this draft. He's an aggressive guy. This is an aggressive game. And you need good football players still, right? And I don't think you should want John Robinson now to tiptoe around and say, well, I'm not going to take this guy because he might go bad because of this. And I'm not going to take this guy because he might go bad. You don't want him playing scared now, having blown a pick. If Caleb Farley's back checks out, and I understand it's a big if, I'm going with the scenario where his back checks out. I think it can help transform the secondary, which needs transformation. And he and Janoris Jenkins and Christian Fulton then bat Kevin Johnson down to, to fourth where he needs to be. And then you've got Breon Borders and the other guys. And you've got a, a, a chance here to draft an edge later and put together a defense that has both the elements of a good front and a good back end. Caleb Farley, I think, could be a fantastic NFL cornerback, the type of which we haven't seen in a while. He's NFL ready. He's NFL ready as an athlete. He's a, he's a two-year starter, an NFL man cover player. He's excellent. My only question, Paul, is if his back checks out, how does he last a 22 if his back checks out? Yeah, it's a fair question, and I, I, you know, like I said, I hate to mock a guy that's going to be gone, but Vegas has him at twenty six point five. Now I don't, don't know, know what Vegas back. knows about that's his why. back. Yeah. So if his ba- if he's healthy, how does he last a twenty two overall? Yeah, I, I don't know. People doing uh, rolling up their pant legs and being scared uh, and and tiptoeing. Because if he if he's the pick, and I I I really really like him. Yeah, and you've talked well if about he's him the from the pick, beginning, and I'm all for it. But it is a roll of the dice if he lasts to 22 because that means that Sertan, Horn, probably Newsom are off the board. And other teams that are cornerback needy, and Newsom's more scheme-specific with the, the nickel. He's but not up, as much a nickel as you say from what I've watched. I, I, I would argue Oh, he's an inside player. Um, 
I mean, he's he's got more speed than some third round nickels, but uh, I think he's he's much more inside and more zone than man. Um, well, he's the wrong guy for here. If he's Farley there. Farley is perfect for the man cover scheme, but if if he lasts a twenty two, you're rolling the dice on medical in, information. That, that's just and it, you're going to do that anyway if his back checks out because of the medical history that he's had, but. Uh, elite talent with a, a ton of concern and uh, concern we're just not going to know about. I, I just what answer to him? Here, here's I, one other I, thing I have no objection go. to Caleb Farley, the player. Yeah, and I think it's a great pick uh, for the Titans. But I can't square the concerns about medical and him and him still being there. What what it means if he's still there? What it means that 21 teams passed on him because he's probably, if not the best, the second-best corner prospect in this draft. So what do, what do the other teams know that the Titans don't? What do the Titans know that other teams don't if he's the pick at 22? You see what I'm saying there? I don't know. It's hard for me to square that. I, it's one of those that if you said the Titans traded down, let's say they trade down to 29, 30, that range, and he's still there, and it's the pick, I like it more, but I'm still taking a big chance because I'm asking the same question. What does every other team know the Titans don't? Or what do mm-hmm. the Titans know that every other team do- doesn't know? And you're taking a big risk there with that question. I get, your, uh, I get that question. One thing I'll say is that for some of those teams, they come up to a point where they're choosing between Caleb Farley, who maybe they're okay with, but they have also have a better option, uh, uh, an option they like as much at a different position and go that direction. If- and then when you get to 22, I'm thinking, well, the Titans – Need a corner badly and like this guy better than Elijah Moore, say. See more value in him than Elijah Moore. Feel like they can get a better receiver in the second or third round than they can get cornerback. And so they uh, pull the trigger, so to speak. Also, I let myself be slightly influenced by this, and I admit this is dumb thinking. <laughs> right? How many John Robinson first-rounders have they signed a second contract? Right, Harold Landry hopefully will be one, uh, and it's largely because the players haven't been good enough. But Corey Davis left now. Um, could they be satisfied with four or five years out of a first-round pick? You know, and if that's his lifespan, so to speak, because of the back, and they get four or five good years out of Caleb Farley in this window, could that be enough? That we know that's not the ideal scenario, and you want a two-contract guy three-contract guy, ideally. But that's not what's been happening with this team. But at this point with this team, if you got a five-year cornerback who played a great five-year career with you, that'd be some progress for me. The picks are in. Caleb Farley for Paul, Zayvon Collins for me, Chad going with Aziz Ojolari. A lot of discussion on this on Twitter. We're going to hit that during a quick break. Also, when we come back, we told you who we want and who we would select at 22 overall. We're about to tell you who we don't want and why. And then we get into some scenarios for the Tennessee Titans as they go on the clock at pick 22 by comparing other players that we haven't previously discussed. Next on OutKick 360. It is draft day on OutKick 360 alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us wherever you're watching. 
you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate that. We hope you'll subscribe to the channel. You hit the notification icon, uh, that bell, ring the bell like Paul will ring the bell, and you can be notified every time we go live with any type of content that's posted to the YouTube channel. Same goes for Facebook. We hope you'll share the feed, like the page. When we go live at Outkick360 on Facebook, you can join the discussion and drop a comment, a like, uh, a share, a retweet on Twitter, whatever it might be, at Outkick360. So we've told you who we would select at number 22 overall for the Titans as they go on the clock tonight in the 2021 NFL Draft. But how about who we don't want? And Chad's going to close things, close things out and speak on behalf of all of us and practically 99% of Nashville, I think. But guys, I'll kick it off with who I don't want the Titans to select. And if he falls, it's Quiddy Pay from Michigan. He's talented, but the more and more I watch him, the more and more I don't think he's what the Titans need right now. He's a 4-3 guy. He's an inside player on the line of scrimmage in sub packages. And unlike some of the other pass rushers, he's built more like a square. And that's not a knock to him. I think he's going to be a solid player in a 4-3. He's not long. He's very stocky and he's jarring at the line of scrimmage, which, you know, leads to everyone saying, you know what? He's really strong against the run. I don't want that player in the first round. I don't want him. I want a guy that's going to get after the quarterback on third down. This guy is great at disrupting at the line of scrimmage. Enough of that. I want someone that's going to get the quarterback on the ground in the 3-4 as an outside linebacker, and I have a hard time ever seeing him playing from a two-point stance. That's why I don't want Quiddy Pay to the Titans, because he's going to be with a hand on the ground on the end of the line. I want someone that's standing up and rushing on third down. Like it. Like it, like it. I do not want, and I've not heard this guy's name for a while, so maybe he's sunken out of range. But that doesn't mean that the Titans wouldn't, wouldn't I mean, nobody thought Adoy Jackson was, was going at 18, really. Yeah, you're right. Uh, until the end. I do not want any whiff of Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. He is, uh, listen, uh, and I've hit on this time and time Credit again. Credit to Paul for picking the most difficult names to pronounce, well too. That's very well done. He, he's Look, the, the big thing about him, he's got the flexibility to deploy at linebacker, safety, or nickel. And here's my issue with a guy like this, and I understand this versatility is becoming very in vogue. But say that you're playing him at linebacker on first and ten. I, I mean, I think this mm. is the way people are talking about him as a chess piece that you would move situationally. I don't think people are saying, like, you could bring him in and make him your linebacker or bring him in and make him your safety or bring him in and make him your nickel. They're saying over the course of a game, you could play him at all of these different spots. And it sounds good in theory, but I think it strains your roster because you play him at first and 10 at linebacker and you play him on second and six at safety. Well, now your safety's coming off the field, and you need another linebacker to come on the field, conceivably, unless you're, you're reshaping your defensive formation. Now, on third and four, he's at nickel. Well, so do you have a nickel back or do you not have a nickel back? And who's the safety that's coming on and off the field, and who's the linebacker that's coming on and off the field? And are you not drafting a linebacker to be a full-time linebacker? Are you not drafting a safety to be a full-time safety? And are you not <laughs> drafting a nickel to be the nickel? 
all of this versatility to me weakens what you need or have or want at all these other positions. And to me, it waters down the whole thing. Uh, call me crazy. I want a team to have a nickelback that plays nickelback <laughs> most of the time. And if you don't have one, then then maybe it's because you have a nickelback that covers a small receiver who goes to the slot versus a big tight end that's in the slot. That's fine. I want you to have a linebacker that plays linebacker most of the time. Maybe comes off in certain situations. I want you to have a safety that's a full-time safety. I'm crazy this way. But if you've got this guy who's moving to all of these positions, what about all those other guys? I pass. Very well done. Is it my turn? I agree with what Paul's saying on him. Yes, yeah. Chad. Uh, that's, well, that's not someone I've seen mocked anywhere to the Titans. Have you seen it from someone that he's a possibility? Uh, earlier more so than, than recently. But, you know, plugging into this uh, – uh, you know, Vrabel as a guy who could, could play with a toy uh, concept. I'm surprised if he is drafted tonight, that player, Owusu. Yeah, but again, I think that there's a lot we don't know about what could unfold. And put him down for the second round, I don't want him either. I think he went very safe because the, the Titans are definitely not going to pick that guy. But still, uh, I agree with your stance on it. Uh, I'm going to go and speak for all of Titan Nation. Is it, is it a nation? Is they, they call it a nation. It's not. Is a it nation. a township? Is it incorporated? It could I, be don't, a small, I don't care small what nation. it is. Province. I think that I'm speaking for most Titans fans. When I'm not picking a player, I'm picking an entire damn position. And the position is this offensive tackles. I don't want to see one <laughs> offensive tackle taken. For the very reason we're showing on the screen right now, if you're watching, it's the lazy panda. Because of this derelict on screen that did nothing in his time as a Titan, because this guy in this pick helped possibly destroy the Titans' chances for greatness in the next two or three years. And I'm not overspeaking when I say that. This set this franchise back, and we're only going to see the repercussions of it, maybe not even this year, but the year after that and the year after that. I don't want to see a damn right tackle taken in the first round. You traded up to get a right tackle who was a really good offensive guard in Jack Conklin. And guess what? You traded up to get a guy who's going to be here for 15 or 20 years. That's a kicker. 10 years, let's say. That didn't happen with Jack Conklin. He's not here. Then you draft another right tackle. And what did we hear about Isaiah Wilson? He is a man amongst boys. This guy gets out there and mauls people. He's got an angry disposition on the field, but he's got a hearty chuckle off the field. And his personality is terrific. I don't want to hear about that anymore. I don't care if this dude from Oklahoma State, who I don't care enough about to even learn his name, I don't care if he's a mauler on the field. Do not pick offensive tackle in the first round. If you do, you're taking a chance on setting this franchise even further back. It's not your top need. Is it a need? Absolutely. Let me tell you how the league values offensive tackle in the draft. 10 of 32 teams, 10, that's less than a third for people that don't study math. They have a first round pick playing right tackle for them. That's it. This is a second, third, fourth, fifth round pick. And you can plug and play at offensive tackle. Left tackle, more important. Right-handed quarterback, left tackle, blindside, more important. We learned that in the movie. We learned that in the book, The Blindside, <laughs> also. A lot of first-round picks at left tackle. 
the teams that have a first-round pick at right tackle. Not exactly murderer's row. The Atlanta Falcons, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns with the great Jack Conklin, who the Titans traded up to get, the Houston Texans, the Los Angeles Chargers, the New Orleans Saints, Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, and the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The exception, not the rule. The rule tonight is this. Do not take an offensive tackle in the first round, please. I beg of you. Titans Nation, Titans Incorporated, whatever they are, <laughs> begs you. Do not take any offensive tackle. And I'm going to show it one more time. It's because of this guy on the screen right now, the Lazy Panda. If we had the audio of his track that he dropped this week and that terrible sound of his voice, we'd play it. But I'll tell you, don't take offensive tackle. That is actually a uh, – that's him practicing his extra point blocking well right done. there, Paul. Make up for it. I said this earlier this week. Make up for it in creative ways. Kendall Lamb seems to me to be at least a temporary solution. But make – and look, the depth is an issue. But make up they for it in creative ways. Find a guy like. in the third or fourth round. Do a good job with uh, you know selling that you've got an open spot with your undrafted free agents. Comb uh, the damn practice <laughs> squads around the league in a way that you failed to do last year. And, and find somebody. Go find somebody. Well, find someone in the draft, but not yeah, at but 22. Create, yeah, create a, a, you know, find a fourth rounder and, and give them competition. I mean, I'm sure the kid from Oklahoma State, I probably went too hard on him. We'll be a great player someday, somewhere. Well, you he's described as having the same you can't, the same way that Isaiah Wilson is. He suffers for that. I don't think this is fair. like um, this is like if you're betting on a certain sport and you continue to lose at that sport, and you're like, you know what? I'm tripling down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get it right eventually. I'm gonna go hard on this next game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on it. I think that is the equivalent if John Robinson takes an offensive tackle night. John Robinson's done a very good job in a number of areas. Uh, his right tackle picks have been disasters. Uh, Jack Conklin, if he's that yeah, he's good. He's all pro as a rookie. It, okay, great. If you trade up to get a guy with the capital they had and what they could have done with extra picks, you trade up to get a guy, he's here for a long time. He's a top ten pick at tackle. How, Paul, how many? I'll ask you. How many franchises trade up to draft an offensive lineman in the top ten and don't have the guy. How long was he here? Four years? Five years? Four years. They didn't exercise his fifth-year option. But he's been an All-Pro in his Towards first ACL. year. Can, can you name? Can you name? Can you name any franchises you'd call that a successful pick? It. it I. You can't call it an unsuccessful pick. I can call it. Guy's a two-time All-Pro. He identified talent. He was correctly. here for four years. He identified talent. He's a one-time. Well, two-time All-Pro. You're saying this past year in yeah. Cleveland. He's a one-time. Well, he he's an All-Pro rookie year here in Nashville. Either way, I would say very confidently that the two right tackles taken in the first round by John Robinson have not worked out. Have not worked out. One to a, one to a maybe the, an all-time bus level, and another that you didn't pick up a fifth-year option on. Well, and you can say they drafted Isaiah Wilson because they didn't have Jack Conklin. Yeah, because they didn't it led to, You can retain. tie in that Wilson's only here because they didn't retain Conklin. Well, the mistake the is what the do mistake you guys think is the reaction oh, if they draft a tackle? Pitch, pitchfork. I mean, there's some people that that are okay with it, but pitchforks and and torches. Yeah. I think what you're going to have is a lot of uh, people who cover the Titans immediately defending John Robinson and attacking no, fans I won't. for being upset with it. I'm not saying you will, but I do think that's going to be 
oh, this guy knows more than you. Like, that's going to be the immediate thing. Why are fans so upset with this pick? Fans have a right to be upset with that pick, I believe. If that, in fact, is fake. I don't think it will be. Here's one of the reasons. But if it is, that, that's going to be a problem. Here's one of the reasons you don't draft the right tackle in the first round is because that fifth-year option is an unattractive number uh, for, for a right tackle. Um, you know, you, you draft him in the second round, you negotiate a second contract. It's a better scenario, I think, than having fifth-year control at a very uh, unreasonable number. Coming up, we give more discussion to the 22nd pick and wide receiver options for the Titans, how that would fit within this offense and some other positional needs that could fall to that. And we will discuss the option of trading back and gaining some more top 100 overall selections to the four that they currently have. That's next on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 NFL Draft tonight. We will have full coverage and reaction all day tomorrow as well. We are live every day at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central across the Outkick network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. And if you're listening on the podcast, you can find the podcast wherever you download your podcast. You name it, search out Outkick 360, and we hope you'll leave a rating, a review, and we hope you'll subscribe. This has been a fun show. Uh, definitely go back in any way you can uh, can get us on podcast. Watching the, uh, the 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 video feed on YouTube or Twitter, definitely do that. On the YouTube feed right now, Lance and Jacob alerted me that there's yet more controversy about my shoes. Guys, quickly, what can you tell us about this? Uh, <laughs> we had a we had a suggestion that the Titans draft Chad a new pair of shoes. Yes, yes. This is what happens with the twenty second pick and the twenty second pair. It's we amazing. Draft. We we got bigger things to get to, but how divisive these shoes are, and it makes me almost want to put my shoes on this table uh, to display them the entire time. People either David, absolutely David hate back. them or absolutely love them. It's incredible. How do you feel about wide receiver to the Titans at twenty two? Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony. Rashad Bateman um, has been mocked to the Tennessee Titans quite a bit recently. Um, and it all fitting the, the idea that you get a plug-and-play player. They, we have said they, they have a big need for the position. Do yeah, they go look, first round? They lost a lot uh, in the pass-catching yeah. area with, with Corey Davis and Johnny Smith both departing as free agents. So they clearly need help there. Uh, you know, John Robinson said the depth of wide receiver value over the course of the draft is bigger than, than corner. Those are probably the two biggest needs with, with the edge in there as well. Um, they're coming out of this with the receiver or ideally two. Yeah. Um, you know, I won't have a problem if they love a wide receiver and go wide receiver at 22. Um, you know, Elijah Moore's intriguing. He's probably the most popular mock pick right now. Um, huge endorsement from A.J. Brown. Not that that carries significant weight, but uh, they obviously hit a home run with the last wide receiver they took from Ole Miss. Kadarius Tony. I was talking to David Reed about this yesterday. He's come to strike me as a little too gimmicky. Um, you know. Uh, oh, but he's physical, though. Uh, he's he, Elijah Moore is, too. But uh, Tony, he, he is gimmicky. But he's more than just a guy that you're going to hand the ball to on sweeps. Not or, just, not or just let him gimmicky. Throw it. Not just gimmicky, but 
you know, are you going to have to manufacture uh, too much of a share of his touches? Uh, I don't know. But um, makes sense for the Saints. I've seen that mock a few times yeah. with Tony and the Saints. I'm thinking Sean Payton would find a way to utilize this guy, and he would do very well in that offense. But if good offensive coordinators can find a way then he, to utilize, yeah. then he should, yeah. be, he uh, should be considered I, here. I totally agree. This is why I have this big objection to Matt Jones is the Kyle Shanahan quarterback, and I'm thinking if Justin Fields is the better quarterback, then he should take Justin Fields because he's a good offensive mind that can find something better to do with a better quarterback. Chad hates Bateman. He's been mocked there too. As hates a, a strong a word, precise. Call. I guy. hate the idea of offensive tackle. Tonight. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I hate Isaiah like, Wilson. Dislikes Bateman as as a guy at twenty two, but he's another guy that could be in consideration there. Precise right route runner, but very much probably a number two. And you'd like if you're spending a, a, at at twenty two either a number one potential guy. Or a very explosive slot type that gives you a dynamic that's beyond what you have who would complement A.J. Brown and the other things that they have. They've got to come out of this draft with a guy like that, and there are other guys like that that you'll find in the second, third round. Since we talked a little bit about Titans fan reaction to what it would be at tackle, which would be miserable fan reaction to that, I think it's always going to be positive if it's a player like a receiver someone that gets their hands, hands on the on football the because that's what fans like and they can immediately envision you know touchdown catches with a guy so I think that would be a popular pick whoever the receiver is Elijah Moore would if be they, well if received. they take a receiver absolutely yes. Elijah Moore Kadarius Tony I think any of the receivers they take even Rashad Bateman who I don't like out of that group of receivers would probably get a positive response from the fans but that is to me clear cut number 3 in the pecking order of needs and what they should do, and the top two are both defensive. Because you're big into Westbrook Aquina. Uh, yeah, huge Westbrook Aquina. <laughs> Backup. I, mean, I really think he could be the number two. Yeah, oh yeah, number two, sorry. Um, Paul, a player that we discussed earlier this week, we have not even mentioned today, Christian Barmore. Did you consider him for your selection? After I considered my selection a month ago. Uh, the more I've, I've, I've read and heard about the maturity concerns, that's an area Look, I, I took a, a risk with my pick on the injury front and saying, you know, if, if you find a clean report, you can go there. I don't think they can go anywhere near a maturity concern. And, uh, look, I understand Nick Saban saying it's clean, but there's a lot of talk about maturity concerns with Barmore. That paired with only six starts, yeah, he's very intriguing. He was very good against Ohio State. He's a penetrator. I'd steer clear. I, I thought about making him my guy. I don't want. Not a huge fan of it. Um, you know how I feel about Quiddy Pay. So I, yeah. mean, I, I don't want a line of scrimmage player. I don't want a disruptor. I, I don't want someone that's going to you know muddy the waters. I want some, I want a shark. I want someone that's going to get in there and get after the quarterback Finish. on third down. That's why I like the idea of Aziz Ojolari, Zayvon Collins, a lot more than. A guy who's well, Caleb Farley helps on third down too. I mean, that, yeah. I like all of our picks. I'm, 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 I'm totally fine. Quarterback also. I'm totally fine with any of the three at 22. Um, and finally, trading down, the the option of currently four in the top 100. If you can take, if you can turn that into five or six in the top 135, do you do it based on the? We had the the graphic earlier this week on. Do you are they there at 22? And and we all agree that there there's a, a, a there they are. There's a group of players 
If these guys are available, if, if you have five of these names available at 22, uh, the, the options of trading down, you can still stay in the first round. Oh, yeah. You can trade down. And the other and, thing is you have to think, like, like if five of these guys are available and you move down five slots, not all five of those guys are coming off the board. Right, right. right. Other players are going to come off too, and you'll have three of those, or at least two of those, to choose from. Look, if they trade down and still get somebody they love, they're going to tell us they still get somebody yes, they, will. they love. Every team will. But, but odds are that you do. That's to be expected. Uh, odds are that you do. Uh, I'd be comfortable with that. But I'm generally a uh, – I'm not generally. I'm firmly a quality over quantity guy. This year, though, quantity could sure as hell help you. I think Mike Herndon said it. Like, um, John Robinson's batting average is not bad. He just hasn't had enough swings because he trades up too often. And you can't do things like trade up for Dane Crookshank, in my estimation. You know, at least Evans and Landry are really going for it. You're not in a position to really go for it now. And don't be trading up for bit part players like Dane Crookshank. Late in drafts, packaging things together. Um, but it's time to hit on the – this is a, a, a huge – I mean, it goes – I can't overstate this. This is a massive selection for the Titans tonight. This determines impactful third down options. Uh, offensively, another weapon on uh, – they lost a lot of production offensively. They've got a hit on this guy. This is not some – player that is going to sit around and wait and see what happens and oh you know what he's coming along well and we're going to see him by week eight no 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 oh, the, impact that, these this guy needs to be impactful for the titans in week one in september and, and, and that that means in the lineup making plays contributing um th- this guy is going to be a big reason why or why not they do or don't take that step yeah. I don't think really any team in the NFL can treat a pick as a luxury pick. And sometimes you hear about that. Maybe Tampa right. with all 22 starters coming back. Whoever they take at the end of the first round, sort of a luxury pick. I don't really see it that way. The Titans are absolutely not in a spot, as Hutton just said, for a luxury pick. This has to be an immediate impact guy, whoever they take. Look, I don't want to make it sound dire. They went to the playoffs last year. But the way the roster's shaped up right now, Today and tomorrow, this is a team spelling out help with rocks on an island. They need the well, guys in the plane flying overhead to land and help right away. This, this is a different mindset than what Washington has. Washington made the playoffs last year. This, it, this should be about a pick that you're, you're truly taking the next step around a window of opportunity that remains open after two years ago making a run to the AFC Championship game. If this is about winning the ultimate prize, make the right pick tonight and have someone that's going to help you do that, help you win football games. They didn't have that guy defensively um, last year that, you know, maybe they, maybe they could have in, in redrafting at, when they take Isaiah Wilson. That's going to help you on third down. It was a miserable third down defense. It's time to affect the quarterback. Derrick Henry's not running like this forever. Uh, the cliff comes for everybody, even a freak of nature like him. As long as he's running like this, you got to get people to surround him and go get the prize. And because after he's done, you don't have a lot. In closing, it's not just about one pick; it's about the entire class. But the the top four picks, and we've had the exercises. The top 100 picks, as they select right now, 
they've got to hit on this upper class of the class of 2021. These guys are going to fill depth, but they're also going to be starting contributors. That's the importance, and it starts with who they, and, and, and it shapes how they're going to address tomorrow night with what they do at pick 22. I can't wait. Now, now well, I'll have to wait, but I can't wait to see how this draft unfolds. Well, you can't wait to see garage? what happens, and I also can't wait to come back here tomorrow and talk about everything. Will you watch in your garage? You know, I will, I will watch wherever I please, and I won't be ridiculed for it if I choose to watch it in my garage tonight. That's right. You can, with uh, a group of people. That's Freedom. right. You can, you can go and watch and do work for this show and this company without free of ridicule. That's right. About who you're watching with. That's right. I'll, I'll, be, keep I'll, it a be, there, I'll be there at six. <laughs> come on over. Let's go. And guess what? We're going to be inside, and we're going to be under the covers <laughs> wherever we are. In a bed somewhere. That close. That's how close we're going to be. Yeah. A little TMI. Yeah. So as soon as we get a minute or two past 1 o'clock, Chad hey, just over. You know what? It. It's bonus time, baby. It's, it's bonus time. Hand me that bottle All right, right there. It is bonus time. Oh, we're going to do it. In NFL draft time. That's yours. We're going to try the Bellmead Honey uh, for the first time, which uh, was gifted to me by my aunt. And um, this is super covet, special. People covet um, from Bell Mead. They make a hundred. They make, they make uh, one barrel of this uh, per year. Don't cut this off early like you did last time we drank. This is true bonus coverage we're getting right here. Chad, you take this one. Okay, I will. Um, and then Lance and, and Jakob, you have your uh, your cups. Let we can uh, we can do I've got this. Got an extra one over here. Whatever you need to do here. Um, we just made one Dixie. We got, we got one extra. So, so we, sl- we we'll set the honey bourbon down. And Hutton is not lying. This is a delicacy. This is something that's highly sought after. Oh, sorry. I love that go. the people get to see Jakob Swanson now. Yeah. So look at the side. Profile. Thank you, Jakob. Take that. Take that back there with you. Will do. Do as do as you please, <sighs> guys. Cheers. Cheers to uh, a big night. Good show. Fun show. I'll kick it. Cheers to the draft. Enjoy it through OutKick. We're back at it tomorrow, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, reacting to everything, all the big headlines on OutKick 360. Don't block the box. Do lock the locks. Bang, bang.